Welcome to Church Online. I am so excited that you have joined us this morning. I'm Pastor Matt. I pray that our worship will be exciting and uplifting. I pray that the ministry of the Word will work in your heart and that the Lord will do something special. Thank you again for joining us and enjoy the service. So just, just by way of setting expectations, um, the message today, uh, it is direct, it's pointed, um, and at the end of it, we're going to have some time for invitation. And if you don't know what an invitation is, that's totally cool. It means you could sit there and do absolutely nothing and you'll be fine. Um, but if you would like, uh, you can come forward and pray. And I just believe that today can be more than just uh, a holiday or a celebration. It can be a reset button for, for believers. It can be a time of remembrance where we walk through those moments where if you've been following Jesus for a long time, uh, today you can remember and you can reflect. And so I heard a song uh, a while back, but it came across my, my YouTube feed uh, again this week. And I was like, that song is perfect. And it really uh, articulates what, what I'm walking through this week during Holy Week. And so I just thought I'd play it for you. So at the end, this is very, uh, we've never done this before, um, but we're just literally going to have an altar call with a song playing on the screen, and I'm going to join you in prayer. And if you want to come down and do business during the song, if you want to grab an elder, uh, if you want to have somebody pray over you or for you, whatever you need, we'll be down front. If you just want to pray in your seat, that's fine. So wherever you're coming from, uh, that's what we're going to do at the end of service and just have a time of reflection and rededication. And if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, if you've never followed him or made him your Lord and Savior, I'll give you an opportunity to do that at the end of service as well. Um, so anyway, without further ado, let's jump in. Romans chapter 3, verse number 19 in your Bibles. And I'm going to drink a lot of this. I apologize ahead of time, but uh, this is the second service we've had, and uh, my voice was at about 50% this morning just going into it, so we're, we're struggling a little bit, so forgive the, the swigs, the occasional hacking. I may hock a loogie in the flowers. It is what it is. Just roll with the punches. It is, it's okay. It, it'll be all right. Uh, so anyway, Romans chapter 3 and verse number 19, and I read, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are subject to the law. So that every mouth may be shut, and the whole world may be subject to God's judgment. Great news, huh? <laughs> For no one will be justified in his sight by the works of the law, because the knowledge of sin comes through the law. When we are compared, let me say this to you, when we are compared to a perfect standard, we realize that we fall short as we discussed last week. And so just to give you a brief little context, I'm not going to uh, go on a whole thing of, of review here, but what we have is tension in this church. Uh, Romans was a, a letter written to the house churches in Rome. We believe maybe four or five churches there, probably 30 to 40 members apiece. Hey, Ben, good to see you. And uh, within those, Paul writes this letter and sends Phoebe to read the letter out loud to these house churches. And so what we're seeing is there is a tension between the Jews, the Torah-abiding Jews, and the Gentiles that are new believers. 
Um, okay, a little bit more introduction. We, we find that over the last 10 years, the Jews were exiled from Rome, and they've kind of made their way, trickled back into Rome. Rome, just to keep them in check, has begun to tax them heavily. They have a chip on their shoulder, and here they are, setting in house churches, lower to middle class uh, neighborhoods, if you will, and they're going, well, at least I'm a Torah-abiding Jew. At least in this house church, I'm the one who knows the Lord Yahweh better than this guy over there. And this guy over there was a Gentile that literally was just like, I found Jesus. It's amazing. And, you know, the Torah abiding Jew is like, you're not even circumcised, dude. And he's like, whoa. I mean, can you imagine walking into a house church and the prereq, you want to become a member? Let's get circumcised real quick. I'd be like, honestly, y'all, deuces, you know, I'd be out of there. I'm like, no, 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 we don't need any of that. But honestly, that's what's going on. And, and we see that some have one perspective of how their faith should be played out among others, and they're pushing that on to, onto uh, these Gentiles who obviously are not Torah abiding. So Paul is doing his best to neutralize these behaviors. He's doing his best to say, look, everybody has fear. Everybody has anxiety. Everybody has guilt. Follow it along. Jesus died for everybody. You Torah abiding Jew, and he's going to have several moments throughout this book where he points out the fact that it didn't work out for you, children of, children of Israel. You, you thought it did, but how many times were you exiled? How many times were you taken into captivity? Uh, lest you think that you're better than the non-Torah abiding Gentiles, uh, remember that you couldn't keep the law either right? You, you weren't able to execute well on this. So this law language that we're hearing is Paul saying to them, you think you're better than them, but you're not. You think you're closer to God, but you're not. And he uses extreme language at the end of Romans chapter one, as they are describing Gentiles as people that they don't really want to mingle with. And so Paul's goal here is to explain to them that everyone is equal. Everyone, des everyone is undeserving, but deserves the chance. Everyone is able to receive the free gift. The Lord does not uh, prefer a Jew over a Gentile. And this is uh, amazingly applicable for today. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter the lifestyle that you come from. It doesn't matter the decisions that you made. Uh, the gospel is for you. So that's kind of the background here. So look at verse number 21. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed. That's very important. Apart from the law. What is he saying? Apart from how you know God, Torah abiding Jew, God has been revealed. In other words, he's showing himself to everybody. The cat's out of the bag. This is bigger and greater than you and your systems and structures. <laughs> Isn't that a good word for the church? The church that has, like, look, when we started our church uh, five, almost six, five and a half years ago, it's crazy. Thank you for posting that picture of our first Easter. It's just funny to see what the Lord has done. But uh, when we think in our mind the systems and constructs that we bring to the table of how church should be, the Lord is so much bigger than that. He, he transcends our ideologies, and he's like, yeah, I've, I've revealed myself to the world, thank you. Uh, even though we all, for, for whatever reason, we feel like we have it figured out. Why are we like that? Is it just me or are you like that too? You feel like you got the world by the tail? Man, y'all need to loosen up a little bit. I need to unscrew my drink. It's going to be a long 25, 30 minutes. I'm going to tell you that right now. No, I'm kidding. So jump, in, jump back here, verse 22. The righteousness of God 
through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there is no distinction, Jew or Greek. See what he's doing? Since there is no distinction. Now here's a famous verse, often quoted out of context. But for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented him as the mercy seat by his blood through, what is it? Through faith. To demonstrate his righteousness. Why? Because he's being revealed to the world. To demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time. In other words, all the failures of Israel in the past, God passed over them in his grace and revealed himself in Jesus so that he would be just and justify the one who has faith in Jesus. He, he's both just in doing so and justified in doing so us as we believe through faith. Look at verse 27. Now this is very similar to another passage of scripture and we'll talk about that in a minute, but where then is boasting? Remember, Torah abiding Jew, I'm doing this my way. Even though they're believing Jesus, even though they're seeing him as the Messiah, and a lot of them did not. He came into his own and his own received him not. But to as many as receiving him, to them gave he power. Those that are here, those that are a part of the church, he, Paul is expressly saying, look, what, what is this boasting thing that's happening? Verse 27, by what kind of law? By one of works? No, uh, on the contrary, by a law of faith. Here it is again. Or is God the God of the Jews only? Or is he not the God of the Gentiles too? Yes, of the Gentiles too. Since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised by faith. See what he's doing? Bridging that gap. Do we then nullify the law through faith? Absolutely not. On the contrary, we uphold the law. On the contrary, Jesus has made a way home. Jesus has allowed us a place at the table. Look, let me ask you this question this morning. Are you lost? Are you struggling? Are you depressed? Are you anxious? Does this side of the auditorium define your life more dead sticks? Uh, look, it's springtime, you know what I mean? Is your life not as much defined by the good things that you're seeing, the goodness of the land, new life? Or are you struggling with what the Lord is doing in your life? Maybe you don't even know the Lord. Whatever may be, look, we want to offer you a, a way home this morning. We want to offer you something that is not of depression and anxiousness. So there, I'm going to use an analogy this morning for the message. Uh, we're going to do this thing because it's the theme is way home. We're going to use directions. We're going to use uh, a trip analogy. How, when I say home, what do you think about? How many are from here, from Maryland? All right. How many are not from here? Okay, all right, there's a fair amount. How many are from Hawaii? Alaska? I thought that would be interesting. Nobody, all right. Who's from South Dakota? It's another random place. No, nobody. It took me a long time to, to see Maryland as my home. Um, but really, I've lived in Maryland longer than I've lived anywhere at this point, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, but, but often I would think about home, and sometimes it would be, Melbourne, Florida, you know, an hour south of Orlando, 4225 Wellington Road. That's a nice place. Not the place itself, but the area, like 
the part of town, five minutes from the beach. That's not bad, right? Or Tennessee, the hills of Tennessee. Sometimes I thought about that as, as being home. And when you vacation and when you leave, you think about, man, I just want to go home. There's no bed like your own bed. You know what I'm saying? Like after a week, and I don't know why, people around here, y'all like to vacation a lot. It's like you live for that two weeks out of the year where I'm just vacationing. And I'm like, okay, all right. God bless you. It must be a really bad area around here. It's really not. People are just mad to live here. I don't know why. We're going to Florida. It's like, you're 27. You got a long time. It's okay. We're going to Florida. Uh, I'm going to work 35 more years and I'm going to Florida. Like Florida's going to change it. It's not, folks. It's not. The weather changes, but you're still going to be unhappy in the sun. Just so you know. Anyway. Anyway. When I say home, what do you think of? Do you think of your vacation home? Or do you think of your home? I think about my couch. Like we made, where's Sarah at? Is she in here? Okay. We've made like a really, a lot of foolish purchases through the years. You know what I mean? Where you buy that one. And, and I'm like, I'm kind of cheap, you know, and I'm like walking through Costco and I see that couch and I'm like, man, that's so cheap. That's a great deal. Let's get that thing. And then like three weeks later, you're like springing on it when you sit down, you know what I mean? Or one's coming through the cushion. It's terrible. But like one time there was like this good, I think it was like a Memorial Day sale or something. And we like purchased this like real leather couch. It's the nicest thing in our whole house. <laughs> but I think about that couch when I think about home. I think about just stretching out and taking a nap. It never happens, but I think about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not with four children. How many of you have kids? Anybody? Okay, God bless you. Pray for me. I'll pray for you. It's tough. But I think about home. And what Paul is trying to do in, in, in saying, hey, guys, whether you're a Torah-abiding Jew or a non-Torah-abiding Gentile, you need to think about your destination. Because you're thinking that your destination is your good works, and it's not. So the first thing that we see, Paul is saying the righteousness of God has been revealed. So he's offering a way home by way of a, a, a destination. So number one, the first thing today, first of all, we need a destination. All right, say destination. destination. Turn to your neighbor and say, what's your address? That's not creepy at all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't do that. That's weird. Unless it's your wife. Some of y'all, what's your address? <laughs> no. You don't, you don't feel obligated to give anybody your address. Okay. Um, anyway. <laughs> I crack myself up from time to time. We need a destination. So the first, first thing is this destination. Look at verse 21 in our text. Look at verse 21, it says, the righteousness of God has been revealed. So we see a destination. I was talking with the earlier service about this. How, I mean, we're in like the digital age of like, does anybody know how to get anywhere nowadays when it comes to directions? I feel like we're so dumb. Like, can I say that? Because I'm saying we, it's like, how do we get to, and, and it's a place that you know. Hold on, let me pull out the GPS. It's like, you know how to get there. It's like, we're going to the restaurant, honey, punch it in. <laughs> it will be all right. But it's like, why are we using a GPS for everything? Like, we're, we're, this smartphone has made us what? That's right. Come on. So anyway, I think about the destination. I think about how it used to be when I was a kid. 
My, my dad had this like Caprice classic, you know what I mean? Like how many fingers have we lost in the trunks of those Caprice classics? <laughs> All of you that know and understand, I mean, I slammed in those car doors. Those things were heavy doors, but my dad had this Atlas. Anybody ever have an Atlas? I mean, that thing was huge. I mean, it was like a self-defense thing. You could swing that atlas and knock them into another planet. I think it was massive. And when we'd go on a road trip, we'd, he'd get that thing out and set it on the table and turn the pages. And Anybody? An atlas? Who had an atlas? All right, all right. That's cool. It's all about the destination. Thank the Lord that we don't have to use atlases anymore. That's so lame. But here's, but here's what Paul is doing. He's saying... Get your atlas out, it's scripture, and I wanna give you the destination. It's the righteousness of God, and it's been revealed to you. So here's what he's saying. In, in verse 22, the destination, if we look at the text, verse 22, it says, the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. See, Paul was way ahead of his time. Scripture was inclusive. Whereas sin and society breaks down in structures and classes and don't go to that neighborhood, don't, don't drive through that part of town, uh, Paul said, no, it doesn't matter. Jesus was uh, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come. It was a whosoever gospel from day one. It was a elect people that he chose to bring Jesus into this world, but Jesus so that every knee would bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Anybody can go to this destination, but it's through faith in Jesus Christ. So I'm trying to just give you an, an analogy this morning that we need a what? A, a what? We need a what? We need a destination. And here's what Paul is saying it is. It's a relationship with Jesus. The way home, the address that we punch into the GPS is a relationship with Jesus. That's what we need, bar none. Where are, we, where are we going? When we think about the fact that all I need is a relationship with Jesus, here's what I see a lot of. People join the church and they're like, I have to do good things. I have to impress. I have to make it happen for the Lord. Okay, what do you mean by that? How does your relationship with Jesus look? What does it look like for you? And if you're here and you have no relationship with Jesus, that's totally fine. I hope that I can introduce you to him by the end of the service. But this way home, this destination, this place, this relationship with him, unfortunately, I see so many through the spirit of religion and through the spirit of control and through the spirit of perfection, we think that it's something that we do. It's unfortunate. Listen to the words of Jesus. He said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Look, if I cast out a devil, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to heaven, shoot. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, that'd be pretty cool. How many want to cast out a devil? Am I on my own on this? Maybe I am. I'd be like, that's pretty sweet. Check this out, in the name of Jesus. But if, I, I'd be like, yeah, I have a relationship with Jesus. I cast it out a demon. I do good things, look at me. And here's what Jesus himself is saying. You can do the things that I'm doing because my power transcends regardless if you know me or not. Unfortunately, church is a place for you to fall in line with the power of Jesus and systems and, and, and structures and all that the church will do. But if it doesn't transform you, if it doesn't make you a new creature, 
and you're just some kind of conduit doing things for your own purposes, then you're lost. You're never going to reach your destination. And unfortunately, we have churches that are filled with good people doing good things that are stuck in the spirit of religion and they're on their way to a devil's hell. That's horrible. Many will say, Lord, Lord, I've prophesied in thy name. And I'm not trying to scare anybody. My point is, is this isn't about behavior modification. It's about life transformation. And so if you think that the destination is doing good, look, I want to alleviate the pressure this morning. I want to look, to look at you and lift that pressure off your shoulders and tell you there's none that doeth good. No, not one. We cannot, according to the law, when we are measured up, if scripture tells us how exactly we should live because it's the manifestation of Yahweh, not only in the flesh, but in the word, and the spirit of God tells you when we compare ourselves with scripture, we all come up short. So no matter how good you've got this thing by the tail called life, none of us are perfect. And so the destination is not your good deeds. It's not your good efforts. It's not your religion. It's not your church attendance. I'd love for you to be faithful to church. And there's so many other benefits that will come from that. But that's not getting you anywhere as it pertains to your relationship with Jesus in, in, the, in the grand scheme of eternity. It's not. Let's continue here. Some go the way of trying this thing on their own their own path, their own directions, because we need a destination. Good works and good deeds are not the path. They're not good enough, and they're not the destination. We are not good enough. Paul echoes this. Remember, this is written in Romans. Here are these words that he wrote in Ephesians. For, for you are saved by grace. I want to quote it, King James. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not for, from yourselves. It is God's gift not from works so that one can boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. This is the same topic here as is in our text. He says, what if boasting? Literally the same exact topic in Romans chapter three is the same thing that Paul says here in Ephesians 2, 8, 9. You can't do it on your own. This is not a work that you are able to perform. You need a destination, and it's not you being a good person. Here's the second thing that you need this morning. You need a vehicle to get there. If we're going somewhere, like, I mean, I'm choosing, what do you think here? Well, I like my car. I'll, I'll just stick with my car. But, like, you know, you can tell a lot about a person by their vehicle. Like, down here in, in Bully's Quarters, it's, it's like, these like 18 year old kids with these massive diesels and these huge tires that stick out like three feet. Like what is, what is that? It's like slammed to the, it's a truck. Yeah, it's like slammed to the ground and they've got their coast, let's see if I can get it right, their Costa hat, their dip right here. Are we, are we getting there? Their diesel truck, we're almost BQ, right? Uh, not everybody. But you can tell a lot about a person, where they live, where they're going, by the vehicle they drive, right? Uh, what kind of vehicle do you drive? We could probably walk through the parking lot and tell a lot about you and, and about your person by the car that you drive. And I know not everybody. There are those people that are like, no, I'm not that person, so I'm gonna drive a beater. Okay, yeah, whatever. Uh, some people, it's like your, your car, you open up the car door and you can tell a lot about them by what falls out, right? Like me, it's like my last three cups of coffee. It just kind of like falls out into the ground. 
And I, I try to be that clean car person. Does anybody try that? But it's just not who you are. You know what I mean? Kyle, you are that. You are that. His car is amazing. It's immaculate. I try to be that person, but I'll never be Jimmy. I just won't. Your stuff is always so clean. I can only wish to live up to your expectation of cleanliness, but no. I got cups of coffee, stuff everywhere. It's dirty. But the vehicle that we drive and how we travel tells a lot about our person. And so Paul is saying, the destination is the righteousness of God. It's a relationship with Jesus. And here's the vehicle. You ready? Look at the text. The vehicle is this. Verse 22, it says, through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe since there is no distinction. Verse 27 through 30, it says this. No one on the contrary by a law of faith, for we conclude that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Remember when we read this? The God of the Gentiles too? Yeah. Verse 30, since there is one God who will justify the circumcised, watch this, by faith, the Jew, the Torah-abiding Jew, and the uncircumcised through what? Faith. The vehicle, here it is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the vehicle is faith. If the destination for our way home is a relationship with Jesus, how do we get there? I ain't walking, Right? I'm not, what, what do I need to get into? It's obviously not something I can do. Here it is, the vehicle is faith. And when we see this vehicle for what it is, the type of vehicle that we're getting in, we find this, we didn't pay for the gas. And we know how expensive that is nowadays. Shoo, how many are feeling the gas prices this morning? Anybody? Only three of you? Okay, all right. Can I have a gas card from one of y'all that didn't raise your hand? <laughs> Y'all are the high rollers with your daddy's gas card for your diesel. Oh, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm just being dumb. Uh, but if it's true, no, I'm kidding. Look, you didn't deserve the ride. If the vehicle is faith, we didn't put the gas in. We don't deserve it. And the driver has but one destination in mind, and that's the way home. Listen to this. The Bible says, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For by it, the ancestors were approved. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that was, uh, so that what is seen, it's hard when you memorize these in other versions. So that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. Look, it's the reality of things hoped for. What you see, the way home, the destination to a relationship with Jesus is not through the physical things around you. It's through Jesus Christ. And he wants to give you that ride. This has been the same destination, the same God for all time. I read this passage of scripture a couple weeks ago and I wanna read it to you again today. Listen to the, I love the similarities here. I think so many times we draw distinctions between the old covenant and the new covenant. We draw separations because we can't explain some of the weird things that we read in the Old Testament. So we say, that's not for us, it is for us. We have to understand it in its context, but listen to the, listen to the similarities here between words that God had with Moses on Mount Sinai to what Peter talks about in the New Covenant. It says this, Moses went up into the mountain to God and the Lord called him from the mountain. This is what you must say to the house of Jacob and explain to the Israelites, you have seen what I did for the Egyptians and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now if, I, if, if you will carefully listen to me, 
Keep my covenant. You will be my own possession out of all my peoples. Although the whole earth is mine. Listen to that language. He's still saying, although the whole earth is mine. He's giving them a glimpse into the future. He says this. You will be my kingdom of priests. My holy nation. These are my words that you were to say to the Israelites. Now listen to this. First Peter. You're, you're talking, you know, I, I don't know, what, a thousand years separating these texts? Listen to what Peter says. Therefore, rid yourself of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisies, envy, and slander. Like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word so that, it may, uh, so that by it you may grow up into your salvation. If you have tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to him, a living stone, rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God, you yourselves as living stones, watch this, a spiritual house, are built up to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable unto God. Don't miss this. Through who? Through Jesus Christ. It's the same language. He chooses a people, Israel, as his elect uh, for a specific purpose and through them, he chooses the nations. What was disinherited from the Tower of Babel at Pentecost, he redeems all the nations. Through all those languages, they hear in their own native tongue. And the message of the gospel through Jesus Christ is now not just specific to one group of people. It's for everybody. And then Paul, when he writes this letter, he says, listen, I don't care if you're a Torah-abiding Jew or a Gentile. I don't care how you live your life. Whatever you're doing on your own will not merit heaven. It will not merit a relationship with Jesus. What will is faith. What will is you realizing that your uh, believing loyalty, your trust has to be put in the God-man, Jesus Christ, and through him, you can have relationship. Through him, you can have life. You can read everyone on this side, the death that comes, the fear, the anxiety, the hate, the shame, the addiction. Look around. Our world is wrecked with sin, is it not? Turn the news on. Please don't turn it off. It's, it's, a, it's a cry and shame what's happening in the world. Why is it happening? Because of the law of sin and death. At the end of the day, every human being on this planet is a sinner. And we prove that over and over. If you question it from the beginning, come over. You can babysit my kids. They're sinners from birth. I'm telling you. They'll prove it just like that. Little hellions. I'll practice casting out demons later on. But the, the, the truth of the matter is that is what we see. It is what is around. People blame God, but God said, I'm the answer. The death and fear and all of the things that go with it, I came to the cross. And Jesus, listen, if he had sinned one time, he would have had to bear his own debt. But the Bible says he became sin who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God. The very death that attempts to hold every person, every person that dies this side of heaven and goes to the holding tank where dead people go, death can only hold them if they are without the power of Jesus Christ. You see, uh, death tried to hold him, but because of the power of the resurrection, we see that he defeated death in the grave. No, you don't believe it? Okay, um, I mean, tell me, would it hold up in court? Seen by 500 people, Paul says in 1 Corinthians. 
The 12, literally, when they understood, when they saw, when, they, when, it, when it came full circle and they go, oh my goodness, like this is legit, it happened. Now I understand what he was teaching us and what he was saying. They all go on to live lives of martyrs. They go, they go on to live lives of loss, of destruction. Why? Because they saw it and they gave their lives for it. Do you understand, like people don't do that. People don't believe something that isn't true and lose everything. But we have a testimony of the word of God that says that they believed it, they internalized it, and they lived it out. Why? Because they knew it was true. And here, here's what I'm saying. Like we, we boil this thing down to what it is. It's the same destination. It's a relationship with Jesus. And we get there the same way. If you continue to read in Romans, and we will next week, we'll pick up where, where we're leaving off today. It's by faith. It's not by your goodness. It's not by your good works. It's not by your ability. I know you're, are you guys cold? I feel really good. Jen's gonna, Jen's gonna take care of that. I know if I'm feeling good and I'm not sweating bullets, you guys are probably freezing to death. I'm sorry, she'll turn that off for you. Thank you so much, Jen. <laughs> I can't see that well, the lights are here and you guys, I'm catching a, an occasional. <laughs> Maybe it's time. You guys all right? No, we're cold. Thank you. You didn't see the Bethlehem blankets in the back. Check them out. Dale will hand you one. Just kidding. Look, I, I, I just, I see enough of people striving. I see enough of people trying to do this thing on their own. Churches that make people feel good with, if you just do these certain things, life will get better. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. You could come to Jesus today and your life still may suck. Like life, like stuff around you. It's not a golden ticket. Prosperity gospel is a lie. The Lord may want you to endure bad things as a testimony to someone. The Lord may give you a hard, a hard hitting health issue and you go through it with joy. Nobody wants to hear that. But understand that if you get in the vehicle of faith, he'll give you the grace for it. No matter what you travel through, you're traveling with him. And he administers grace and he administers mercy and that relationship is formed. But look, some of y'all, you believed this a long time ago and you got out the car. You're like, shoot, abandoned. I'm gonna go try it on my own. I don't like the way this car looks, this car of faith. I don't like the way other people perceive it. Whatever, whatever your answer is, I just wanna encourage you today. Get in the car. Have faith. The Lord loves you. He cares for each and every one of you. And he wants to have a relationship with you. But it has to be on his terms. Why? Because of all this stuff. You're a sinner. You've done wrong. And his blood, the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission for your sin. His blood paid the price. That's why you can't do it on your own. It's a price too big for you to pay. And he already paid it for you. He's our rich brother, right? That's making a way. The death of Jesus was the price that we should have paid and endured. His blood was shed for our purification. The resurrection of Jesus was the declaration of power and control to take back or redeem or justify the elect, anyone with believing faith, into his family of priests and kings. Jesus wants to liberate you from the law of sin. He's paid the price of redemption and he has demonstrated the power necessary. 
Watch this. This is probably the whole crux of the message. He will only act with your consent to choose him over yourself. He will only act, he'll only drive if you choose to get into the car. Understand that if you want to do this thing on your own, go ahead. But understand that he's waiting for you to make the decision to follow him. He's waiting for you to give you purpose. And I promise you, whatever you're finding, if you're a young person in this room, there's a lot of young people in here. You may feel like today you got purpose in your career, but let me explain something to you. Tomorrow's coming. (laughs) Reversal's coming. Pandemic's coming. The housing market is about to crash, (laughs) FYI. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Interest rate just went up, what, two more points (laughs) three three days ago? Good luck. Look, we can't do (laughs) it. Saw that, she's like, yeah. $500,000 yesterday is probably $450 today. Highs and lows, that's life. That's life. It happens. But with him, it doesn't matter because you're driving with him. Through through what? We need a what? Come on, we need a what? (laughs) Y'all need a five-hour energy. That's what you need. Number one, we need a what? Number two, we need a vehicle. What's that vehicle, church? It's faith. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for watching and joining us for our church online. I pray this experience was just what you needed today. If you made a decision for the Lord to follow Christ, or if the Lord did something in your heart that was special today, we would love to hear about it. Post it in the comments. Send us a message, and we'll reach out to you. Have a wonderful week, and God bless.